0: We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hey guys, and thank you so much for joining for this special episode of EM. I'm so grateful that we are closing out our Harmony groups theme here, and if you haven't heard the other two mini episodes on Wednesday, just make sure you go right back and grab those on the 2, 5, and 8, and also on the 3, 6, and 9. Today we're talking about the one, four, seven, the idealist, and I'm really grateful to be sharing with you on how this group can learn in marriage. I really have a lot of personal learning with this because I have a 1, 4, seven in my home, so I really get a close-up view as to how these types really walk through This particular aspect of themselves and you know, there's so many ways we can look at each type through wings through arrows through subtypes through the wonderful world of instincts, which you know, I love and I really think that this one is also one of the very biggest for most people I know, especially in my home and this is this harmony group, which really helps you to understand the worldview a person brings into how they're going to relate to others. So it's this pulled back look at what are my expectations and my hopes for relationships. And with the idealist group here, the ones, fours and sevens, there's a sense of, they're also called the frustration triad, the utopian triad, the heaven triad, because this group really looks for ideals and gets very frustrated when the ideals aren't met if they're not healthy and mindful. And when I mean healthy and mindful, I mean every day being intentional. And so these people end up with a lot of frustrations because nobody can be mindful at all times. But it's a great reminder of what you can attain if you really focus in on it. And the funny thing for ideals is, it's all about attaining. So I know the idealists listening are like, oh yeah, let's do this. But I have to give you that quick reminder that in doing so, if you find yourself failing at it, understand that sitting in that is also part of the process, because that's one of the very first ways you can trip up with this exercise as an idealist is like, I'm going to do this perfectly. Me and my spouse should do this perfectly. And the truth is, you have ideals for a reason. So I'm just going to start you right there to say, I get why you want things better. I get why as a one, you want to bring perfection and order. It's part of who you are. It's part of your gifting. As a four, I get that you want everyone to go to the depths and to be accepted and unique exactly as they are. And you also want to be able to have the perfect art and the perfect you know, uniqueness that nobody else has and how that rubs you the wrong way when people are too copycat-ish or when they're not really When they're exposed for being fraudulent, I know how it hurts you, but do understand people are all in growth and process. And even those who are copying or making mistakes or being hurtful, uh, boundaries are going to be so good for you. And accepting them that they're on the journey too will be good. And then for the sevens, just knowing that you want the perfect experiences and you don't want pain and suffering to have to hit you and those you love. Well, it does hit. And when you disappear, when it hits, that really costs you and your people a lot. So each of these groups has to look at how to walk through this journey of knowing that although perfection is something that is an ideal and you can look to see how you can get better and which ways you want to grow toward, I just want to encourage you that you're missing out on what is when you overly focus here. And here's how I think it can show up in marriage a lot. I think that, and I'll delineate it for everybody, and then I'll talk about the groups. But I think in marriage in general, it can look like you saying, I should be perfect, or my spouse, usually because we have that fundamental attribution error. Usually it's my spouse can be perfect, and they should be able to meet this or that need. And you might do it as a should, you might do it as a would, or a wish, Or you might do it as a possibility, like it can be. Or you might, like I said, go back and even glamorize what did happen. So there's all kinds of ways you can say shoulda, woulda, coulda, did, but really still missing what's here and now, which is murkier. I will give you that. It's not always easy to sit in the here and now. It's unknown because we can't just plan and be in that mindset and we can't just look back and unknown can be scary. So you might in general have to deal with some anxieties once you start to do your work here in your harmony group and that's okay, just own it. Like I get anxious to be in the present and you might also have to really look at just the ways that it's wounding your partner in your marriage by them knowing and you know these nonverbals there's so much more than we give them credit for that they probably know that you are looking for an ideal in them even more than yourself and so they're like oh like they're always disappointed in me and it's hurtful and I'm just going to keep going keep moving and that doesn't do your marriage a service because it makes them feel bad for just existing the way they are trying to do their best and it just gives them a sense of displeasure and frustration coming from you towards them so know that that's not good for their souls long term it's not good for your family it's not a great vibe for you guys to be carrying this heavy burden. And I'm going to go into the types now, sometimes ones actually think this is possible. And I just have to refute that and say, you're in growth too. And it can even happen in a marriage that one person really gets seen as the perfect one and the superhero. And it's so important that even if we joke about this, that we really do come back to the middle with everybody. So even that one Needs to know they're not perfect, and that's huge. Or somebody within one wing, and I think that that's just so important because that can really hurt a marriage if we have a hero and a villain. And it's not true. Everybody has vices that they deal with, including the one which is resentment and anger or rage, and it's not pretty, and none of them are. So it's okay to say like I'm beloved, even though I struggle. But it's not okay to say my spouse is imperfect and I'm perfect. So watch for that. Or if you're the self-preserving one, look for the opposite of they're so great and I'm so bad, but it can ebb and flow because we all have all three instincts, self president and the social and the sexual within us. So as you notice that, watch and say, this is part of me being an idealist and I love how I can look ahead and see what we could do to be better. That's valuable, but it's also even more valuable to just appreciate what I already have. So I'm gonna focus more on that and less on what we could be, but I'm not gonna let go of that. I'm just going to give this more of a focus. Now if you're the four, I want you to pay attention to the way you have a longing and appreciation for the past and also some of the what could be, because I think that what we do when we overly focus into fantasy, which is where that four space is, is we lose the action and we know that's where our fours are just so doing inhibited. And so in the marriage, lost in what has happened or thinking about other relationships or flirtations they've had and there's a sense of okay like this is a safe place because no one can condemn me here and I can receive the love that I need within the corners and recesses of my own heart of darkness if you will Joseph Conrad with me for a second but I think that you really want to ultimately say I am worthy of love even though some of these memories I have are not good and even though some of the current circumstances are not perfect and let's be honest up ahead there's going to be hardship like that's really fours need to sit with that because everyone knows fours can sit with that if they focus in on it like we do have hardship ahead but there's also joys ahead and there's a whole resurrection of seasons when you see that there's really truly a spring a summer an autumn and a winter and that all are important and so when you move you get to move through those so move in your marriage be there go play do things don't just stay in the thoughts and the fantasies and if you need a little time there which I know you do take 30 minutes a day but don't stay there all day And then lastly, if you're that seven, make sure that you understand that while it is so ideal to have joy all the time and to be winsome and to be happy and full of mirth, that your pain will ooze out into all kinds of ways, places, spaces that really are not at all ideal for your family. And so as we think about just keeping like, how can we be idealists, actually realize that being an idealist blocks you from the actual ideals of life. And I know that's sort of, a fun like twister here to say, but you need to make sure you really follow me here to track that actually if you keep going for more, 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 you're going to miss what's here and that's not a good life. Like that is way less than an ideal. So if you actually want to get closer to your ideals, then what you're going to do is you're going to say, pain is part of life. I can sit here in it. doesn't have to be for a super long time if it's emotional. Give yourself small bursts, but make sure you do face things in your marriage and in your family and breathe through other people's pain. A lot of people don't realize some sevens can sit with their own pain because they can do that privately and very fiveishly. but sitting with the pain of their family and their spouse is so important. So I want you to practice doing that even if you have to do a walk and talk, even if you have to sit on your hands, even if you have to do deep breaths. I want you to be with other people in their sorrows without going to your own little one space and fixing them or getting aggressive in your seven space or with your eight wing. And I want you to just allow them to be hurting and to offer encouragement and support and just presence for the journey. So this is going to be such a gift to you both, and it will relieve some of the tension you feel about pressing on, going forward, always moving, and just give you that gift of knowing I'm actually good here with others and. It's a beautiful thing when people feel that you get them and that you're even slowed down enough to see their nonverbals and what's really happening. I always find that's such a gift to my relationships when I'm able to do that. So hear me when I say when I'm able to do that so that you don't put too many ideals on yourself to be perfect here either, guys. But this has been a really important episode for you if you struggle with this, which I think you probably do. And I think this is sort of one of the under-discussed places of the Enneagram that I think really needs a lot and deserves a lot of attention. So glad to give it with you. Hope you have a great week. If you want more deep dives like this, please subscribe to our Wednesday episodes and make sure you become part of our collective. It's a very low cost. You get lots of trainings and fellowship, and I'm so glad and grateful for that time with you. If you just love learning on your own, make sure you grab our deep dives on your type and your type in marriage. You can find everything out about your type and your marriage and your pairing at enneagramandmarriage.com and in the show notes too. Okay guys, take care.